What's up, Triple Cross Podcast? We are back at it again with the first baseball show of the year. We're going to be discussing uh, the World Series from last year, off-season moves, and also the new rules for the new season. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's up, guys? I'm Matt. I'm here with Casey and John, and we are discussing baseball 2023. Here we go. Um, well, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, first time, first time host, long time listener. <laughs> um, we are going to be discussing um, a lot of things, all baseball related, obviously. Uh, talking about the World Series last year. Just want to kind of start off for where we left off and going into the season. So um, the first thing that comes to my mind from last year's World Series is Dusty Baker with the W. Uh, He's the oldest manager to um, ever win a World Series for the first time. I think 73 years old. He's been coaching for forever and never won a World Series till now. Um, And I am... I have two sides of this. One, I'm excited for him, but also two, I kind of hate the Astros. So it was like kind of a, it was a weird situation for me because they, they cheated, you know, uh, a right. couple years ago. Yeah. So it was like, uh, but I'm glad that he won. Um, I don't know if you guys are Dusty fans or, or not, um, but just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. I mean, this is actually really exciting opportunity to talk about baseball with you because like you're so much more up to date on like the current state of the game when you say Dusty Baker you know the era of baseball that I'm most familiar with I'm like yeah Dusty Baker like I love that guy and uh he actually I think it's really interesting you bring up that he'd never won a world series before because uh it's it, it is super familiar to me just coming fresh off the Super Bowl with Andy Reid that was kind of his thing for the longest time I think for a couple of decades in the league where like he's a super yeah. great coach highly esteemed but he just can't get over the top finally wow. goes to the right place with the Chiefs, wins a Super Bowl, wins another one. Like, they got a dynasty going on now. Maybe <clears> we got that brewing in Houston, too. You never even know. Yeah, well, you never know. I mean, I think that, to me, I get I get not liking the Astros. I mean, there's certainly in every every league, I think there's villain teams. You know what I mean? Um, and the Astros, it's just so easy to be the villain team when it's not like, you know, it's not like, hey, Barry Bonds was taking steroids. Or it's, it's not like one person – it was like <laughs> your whole team was cheating, right? Yeah. And yeah. and we're not talking like, oh, they figured out the signals type of cheating. That's normal baseball stuff. Like that's right. just part of that's the, that's know, part of the game. Yeah. 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 But they were like using technology to cheat, right? Um and I mean it started out a little bit more obviously primitive than that with like the drum banging or whatever, but like or the yeah. the bucket banging. Um, but then they start like actually using something in their stadium to do it as well. Like I can't remember the details, but there's like a light or yeah. something that yep. would flash. Yeah. So I get it. I I kind of dig the redemption story a little bit because I think after the cheating stuff came out, it was like everybody was like they wouldn't have won. I mean, what's your feeling on that? Would they have won the World Series if they weren't cheating? Because I mean, it was like, it, if you looked at their home record and away record, it was like, this is astronomical. Like, this is like, 
right. so much worse than any other team in the league. And it's because they're cheating at home. And so they obviously wouldn't have won the World Series had they not done that. So to me, I kind of dig, you know, and maybe it's because I'm a little more removed from baseball than I used to be. Uh, but to me, I kind of dig the redemption story of like coming back and being able to win it within a few years, like with some of the same personnel, you know? Yeah, um, they have, I think they had five guys on the same team. Yeah, was Dusty like, Baker with them then? Was their no. manager with them? Oh, okay, no, yeah. Dusty was not. But that was like, I think he was such a key element and bringing like, hey, he's like a baseball legend. Like, mm-hmm. we need to start over and, like, start with a clean slate to, to really, like, build our, um, like, build our, our team back up to, in, in the baseball world. I mean, mm-hmm. there was such a black mark with the Astros. Um, it is an easy team to hate, though. Like, it is an easy, like, you go to any stadium and it's just so easy still. But I do, yeah. I do like the redemption. They did earn it this year. Um, and as far as we know, they didn't cheat. You know, is your take on it? Yeah. Is your take on it? They they absolutely wouldn't have won. Oh well, they, they cheated two. They cheated for two two years, two different years. Yeah. So no, I, I don't know. I it, I, it would have been. Um, I don't know if they wouldn't have won, but it definitely would have been a closer battle for sure. I mean, they wouldn't have had such a such a huge. Um, you know, advantage, obviously. Sounds so. like you're a little bit more willing to be on narrative street, Casey. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's no way they, they ever win that. I mean, there's a reason that, that they got taken away from them. I don't think there was any way that they would have won that world series without the advantages they gained uh, through their methods, their, their tactical alternative methods that they use. Um, I mean, there's a lot of data. I, I don't have it in front of me, but there's a lot of data showing like the difference between home and away for them, um, like on base percentage, particularly some metrics like that, just like through the roof. And sure, teams can be better at home, but it was clearly unnatural uh, compared to like how they would play on the road. Uh, but I actually, so we kind of talked about how John and I are more familiar with an older era. Matt, I have a question for you. This like dark yeah. spot that you talk about with the Astros cheating. Do you, first of all, I guess I should ask, do you believe that there was like, are John and I the exception of the world or has, was there ever a lull in baseball? seems like baseball might've been more popular kind of in the nineties, early two thousands. Is that fair to say? Well, no, there was a lull. I mean, so, yeah. so what happened is in 94, there was a strike. Mm-hmm. And so fans were very upset and uh, it was just a, not a good time. And what happened was 98 was McGuire Sosa, the home mm-hmm. run race. Right. And that's yeah, what brought I- people back. Because, right. yeah, they had, I mean, you, so you can look at it two ways, like, oh, yeah, they took steroids and stuff. But also, like, they brought people back to the stands. And, like, I don't know where baseball would have been without Sosa McGuire bonds, like, that whole right. run where, you know, it was, like, exciting to go to the baseball game again. Because totally. it was, mean- yeah, it was it was not in good shape. You know, like A-Rod, Clemens, they kind of picked the, you know, I'm just talking about guys who actually got busted, you know? Yeah. Like those guys that picked up the torch right from there. I'm talking like post those guys, though, if there was like a little mm. lull. Do you think there's John been a lull in the 2005 to 2015 era, right? Uh, what, what I was going to ask you is like, do you, uh, it almost seems to me like the Astros cheating was like the crescendo of like a little lull in baseball. 
and then took a couple seasons to ramp back up. But it feels like baseball is really on the rise again lately. Like it's really taken off with some rule changes and things like that. <laughs> yeah, Casey is basing Casey is basing this all on how much he pays attention to baseball. Uh, but <laughs> but it's a valid question it, because it, it does more. seem to be easier to pay attention to it as a exactly. casual fan. And I would not. I would actually not call you and I casual fans of baseball in the 2000s right like or in the right. late 90s and early 2000s i would say we were well beyond casual fans like we were big fans of baseball um agreed matt what's yeah, your take on that I, I mean excited? i don't know um the lull i i don't know uh i can't speak to that to be honest, because that was when I was following baseball the least. So maybe there was a little. Right. Maybe, maybe there was a little. <laughs> maybe you're right on point. But I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like there, um, you know, steroids were like not being used, right? Like, so there were less home runs, you know, so there is like there less, you know, flair. Right. Um, and like, that's one thing I do want to talk about later on the show is like the new yeah. rule changes, how that's going to affect a lot of different things within the game. But we, I think we'll dive into about to ask the same thing I'm about to ask is then the natural next question is what is your take on steroid use in this sport? Because well, here's the thing: there, like, there is the take out there that people say like just let them do it. Well, here's the thing: so baseball has been a sport of notorious like cheaters, right? 1909, the Black Sox. They cheat in the World Series. I think it's so a sport like, it, that it's, lends it's, it's itself just, to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you're already yeah. trying to – you're supposed to try and figure out what the other team's trying to do. You're supposed to try and figure out the next pitch. You're supposed to try and steal right. the signs, right? So it, it kind of lends itself to it. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, yeah, what your take on, on steroids. No, I mean, like, this is – no, you're right. Like, it is a sport of, like, there is – there always has and always will be people trying to gain the edge in whichever sure. fashion that is, whether that's – putting uh tacky stuff on the ball steroids you know I, like stealing like signs we're rebooting the same because say say what you will if there's any amount of like viewer audience that falls off uh after the steroid years uh i think it was a little bit on the mlb themselves because they kind of did a little like witch hunt within their own thing and they're kind of condemning their oh. biggest stars and stuff i think we're seeing yeah. that again with some sticky stuff like it's the next version of it can they nail it this time and not do that because like i don't know i, I don't know all the big guys in baseball right now but i know trevor bauer would have something to say about like the sticky stuff he's like the he was the guy who was most outspoken ever about it right. trying to get the league to do something and then they go well he goes they aren't going to do anything about it so i guess we can just use it and then they go well you're clearly just using it he goes yeah well right fine with it but so see, they bust if you in. talk yeah i mean the the thing about sticky stuff is like if you talk to pitchers too like actually if you talk to pitchers and hitters a lot of times they're like actually like it's okay because I don't want the ball to slip out of the pitcher's hands. They want and control, but they like don't want to see the unreasonable spin rate, though. Well, yeah, but it's it's also like a, like hitters are like actually some some hitters are like actually like I don't want to be hit in the head. Like I want I want pitchers to have more control over the ball. Um, but then some hitters are like, yeah, you know, it's got it can do some like wild movement stuff. So you're getting like two different um, sides of the story. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. we kind of went on a tangent from yeah, we did <laughs> last year, but uh, let, let let's bring it back to the World Series. So the one thing I do want to call out from last year's World Series, there was the only the second no hitter in the World Series ever, and it was a combined no hitter. So like yeah. the the last one was it was nineteen I got it right here. 
1956, Don Larson versus the Dodgers. So this yeah, was, was the when first they didn't, year. That was when they didn't bring in relief pitchers. Yeah, there were no. Yeah, it was like <laughs> if you, you're, if you're you got relieved, you were is because you were doing it was because you're doing bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that I mean that I was I was shocked. I was like, wow, that was the first no hitter, like in like you know 70 years. Do you know if statistically, I'm just going to throw random questions at you that I'm yeah. guessing you don't have the information off the, off the top of your head, but you know, okay. just for fun, since Maybe. We're yeah. doing a podcast and it's, you know, not high stakes at all. Yeah. Uh, do you know if no hitters have statistically become less common recently? Mm. No, they have not Casey. I, have they statistically I, I, become more common? I no hitters so. have. Okay. Pretty yeah. sure. Specifically, sure. I mean, I, mean, I would imagine most of them are talking about depends on the time window you're talking about. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would imagine I would most actually, of them are combined now. I, well, yeah, I would I would counter Casey. I would say that they're le- less common now. Less common it for just, a single pitcher, but oh, uh, for more sure. Common. It yeah. depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about the last 25 years compared to the 25 years before that, that's one thing. But if you're talking like last 50 years compared to the 50 before that, like there were a lot of complete games like 100 years ago, but they were very yeah. rarely like went hitless so it depends right. what you mean like what kind of timeline you're talking about i actually i have something that i think you guys would be I, I, kind of, I think i was talking about the last 15 to 20 years have they become mm-hmm. less oh. common that actually would be interesting yeah that'd be interesting to know the pitching is more efficient than ever i think but yeah they I might get pulled more often that's that's the thing that's advancing more so than anything because <clears throat> i remember when we were growing up and and this is probably the case when you were growing up too, Matt, if you knew a kid who threw like 80, like he was a stud, like he was really good. If he threw 80 and had some off speed stuff and had pretty good control, he was a great high school player, you know? Yeah. Uh, now do I feel like in every state, like the state I live in is a small state, every state there's like more than one high schooler who can throw 90 or more and they have off speed stuff and they have good control. I, I feel like pitching, because it's so mechanical and so technology, like the, the advances in technology have allowed pitching to progress so much more than every other aspect of the game. And that's why I'm asking that because I see pitching is getting harder and harder to hit at a much higher rate than I see hitters getting better, you know, um, because uh, there's just not as much technological advance in that category. Well, hitting yeah. is a reactive science. It, it, right. it has to react to whatever the pitching science changes to. Uh, right. But I would actually say that even defensively, you know, you don't see it across the board anymore because so many teams go, we don't care about defense. We just want hitters and stuff like the money ball kind of tactics. But the best defenders, the guy who make their money playing defense now, I think you could say they're probably the most talented defenders of all time. I mean, they, they have unreal speed with unreal skills. You know, yeah. you're thinking like a Kiermaier in the outfield or something like that, you know, one of those defensive studs. I'm trying to think of them and the mo- most of the ones that I th- can think of like Tatis or whatever are like, they're very good offensively too, you know? Yeah. Most of them are, but there are, but, yeah. John, I, you are right about the, the pitchers, like the velocity, like they are, yeah. I mean, in the pro, in the bigs, like hitting a hundred now is like not that crazy. Pretty normal. 95 yeah. is and, a dime a dozen. Like that's yeah. how if you can't throw 95, you're not there. Yeah, yeah. Eh, and, and, and my stuff. buddy, who I mean, there, there's some weird pitchers like Jamie Moyer was like one of those outliers. There's always going to be those right. outliers, but right. Yeah, but my yeah. buddies who's a scout, I actually asked him. I was like, "How are people throwing like over a hundred now?" He was like, "The technology, like the way they break down the mechanics now, is yeah. so mm-hmm. refined 
where they yeah. can just like pinpoint errors and refine that. And then that's how they get up to, you know, 101, 102. I, I, <laughs> I know we're, a, we're going down yeah, a rabbit I, hole, but does that take some of the romance out of it a little bit? Cause like, I look at a guy like Winsicum's like delivery and I was like, ah, oh, I know that's not like textbook at all, but it was like that, like way over the top, throwing his whole body into it. Like, kind of just like just hugging it and yeah, still like just burning it in there it yeah. like oh i love those ones more than anything that's my favorite kind of delivery yeah. i mean yeah i i think those deliveries are gonna be like kind of going out the door a little bit like well, not, i think not it fine-tuned. i think it, it gives a little more merit to me i think it gives someone like nolan ryan who's who's still through what 107 right uh, i think it was a- 104 maybe yeah, is there I don't know. Many, I don't know. You know, like one hundred seven. Way, so way before, way before, way before anybody oh, ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he just went up on the mountain through the baseball. Nobody ever like really taught him much, probably right. until he got to the league because he didn't. Like, he went from high school into the minors, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and and even then, what did they teach him? It was like some old school pitching coach. Like I don't know, uh, bend your back more or something like that. You know, like yeah. And also, what are you going to do with him? This guy, guy's already throwing 100. Like, what are you going to do? I, I, I don't know how to throw faster. You guys, you got to throw strikes, man. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that it, it kind of lends more merit. like Not merit, but, like, makes it all the more impressive. People like that who were already doing it. Randy Johnson would be another one, you know, mm-hmm. that were, like, already doing it before they had really – because, yeah, I have a cousin, man, who who, throw, who threw 92 in high school and he got no college offers. Um, and yeah, he had a pitching coach from the time he was 12 and it was like video breakdowns and like, like just slow mo, like the technology of like how, like the video would like show the different angles of his body and stuff like that is insane. Right. Comparatively. Right. Wow. No offers. 92. Yeah. (laughs) Matt, I have the perfect, I think, I think he was specifically looking for a few different schools and didn't get them. So he was like, yeah, whatever. He yeah. could have played somewhere, I'm sure. But baseball has become less common at the college level as well. Right. Um, Matt, did you, yeah. I have the perfect cherry to put on this so that we can move on to the next topic here. But uh, did you did you shout out the uh, the original guy who threw the no-hitter in, in the World Series? Yeah, Don Larson. Larson. Yeah. Um, did you know he retired? John, you probably didn't know this either. He retired <laughs> to the city just adjacent to where John and I grew up and really? Hayden, Idaho. And oh, wow. I actually got a, a signed uh, ball from him. I think really? he threw, was it just a no-no or I thought he threw a perfect game? I think it was a perfect game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. did they win the World did Series? You, did you meet, did you meet him? I didn't meet him, but okay. my, uh, my dad or my grandpa met him and got that. And then they gave it to me. I was like, wow, it's pretty wow, cool. Wow. Still have it. That was, uh, it's one of the, that's probably like one of the things I've held on to the longest. I didn't even that's know he wild. was in Hayden. Did, he didn't, he wasn't he was involved then. in baseball. He wasn't involved with baseball at all after he retired then. Bro, if you threw a perfect game, do you want to like teach yeah. little <laughs> shit kids? No. <laughs> no. What, uh, what was I going to say that? Uh, so did they win? Did he, did he win the World Series? Not him, but his team. Uh, that's a great question. So Because it's 19- like, you can't, dude, you can't not after that. Yeah. Now you I mean, have all the championship years for the Dodgers memorized, right? Well, I do. I, I don't think the yeah the uh, the Yankees won. Yeah, the Yankees won. It was fifty five that the Dodgers won. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, game that be would damned. that would that would suck. Perfect um, game, be damn. No, perfect game and lose the World Series. Oh, oh that sucks. <laughs> that's kind of um, like that's kind of like uh, becoming the all time leading scorer in the NBA and then losing that game when you yeah. become the all time leading scorer. I couldn't <laughs> imagine that happening. 
Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about off-season moves. Um, and let me just get this here. So, I I was so I'll be honest. Like I I wasn't as active this off-season and like paying attention. But when I heard something drop, I was like, okay. And the biggest one was Aaron Judge, right? That was yeah. like, where is Huge. Aaron Judge going? Like, is he? staying with the Yankees is he going somewhere else and obviously he stayed with the Yankees but that was a little bit of a um, little bit of a drama I heard that he went to so he's from the Bay Area and the Giants like have money to throw at him and so I did hear that he did go meet with the Giants front office Mm -hmm. Um, they rolled out the red carpet and I also heard that they offered him the same kind of deal, um, like identical. So, I mean, the question is like, you know, do you want to go back to your home home team? Or, I mean, the Yankees are like, it's the Yankees, right? Like, the Yankees kind of are his home a, team, too. He, like, what's that? The Yankees are really his home team, too, though. Like, you know what I but mean? But he like, didn't, yeah, but he didn't like, I mean, he grew up like not. Yeah, home, yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, where do you, you know, that's a tough, like, it could be a tough call. Do you think, I, I there's I think, a I point. I think it means that, a lot that the, the Yankees offered him the captain spot, you know, be a captain yeah. of the Yankees. Is, mm-hmm. That's something that the Giants can't offer. You know? It's uh, yeah. right. Nobody can offer being a captain of the New York Yankees other than yeah. the New York Yankees. Um, right. Do you, there's a point. So here's the thing. There's a point at which, and, and I, I don't mean to like, call myself the the you know penult- the ultimate expert on advancing athletes but uh, there was a time where i was a professional athlete at a much 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 lower level than aaron judge um and there's a point in your athletic career where you essentially purposely be stop becoming a like a fan does that make sense so like mm-hmm. uh and, and not that you're not a fan like you still love the game and you're still a student i would still call yourself called like you still call yourself a student of the game uh but you stop having favorite athletes you stop having favorite teams because the reality becomes very clear that like i'm gonna have to play against those guys like those guys mm-hmm. who are my favorites i'm gonna have to face them um mm-hmm. those teams that you know my favorite team i might not play for them and and i might play for you know if i've always been a giants fan like I might become a Dodger, right? Or if I've always been an Angels fan, I might become a Dodger. That's like a very real thing. So there's a point in your career when you start to realize like where you're headed, where you stop sort of becoming a fan because you realize like I I can't be, you know? Uh, For Aaron Judge, that happened a really long time ago. So yeah, I I don't think that I'm overly surprised that he doesn't go to the hometown team. He was probably a fan of them as a kid, you know, but there was some point in his life uh, where he realized I can't be a fan of anybody anymore because I'm trying to be all of them. So um, yeah, no, I get it. I get the move. Um, Plus, you know, look, if you you want to, if you want to win a title, if you want to win a title, just hang out on the Yankees for long enough. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a bad rule. It's not a bad rule in baseball. Like, Hey, do you want to win? Just, just hang out on the Yankees for long enough and and it'll happen. It's been a hot minute since they've won, but it's not a bad, like if you were to, if you were to like, 
where do I want? Where's the best chance for me to win a World Series? It's the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees, maybe the Sox, maybe the Dodgers, you know, but probably the Yankees. Yeah. Um, but I mean, speaking of the Yankees, they also, let's see, they signed, uh, well, they re-signed An- uh, Anthony Rizzo, first baseman, and pitcher Carlos Rendon to six years. So they made some like other, you know, big moves too this offseason. So they didn't People just, were like, wondering if they could even afford Judge and they go out and they make yeah. a few major signings. It's just, They're the they Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. you're wondering if we can afford it? That's our but- thing. They had the world convinced, though. I mean, uh, the main, like, baseball people I follow are, are typically, like, more uh, New York-based. They're, like, Yankees fans. And yeah. they were all convinced. They're like, it looks like he's going to the the Giants, you know? It sucks. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, like, too. He had an opportunity to – or the Yankees had an opportunity to lock him up before the offseason, and they just didn't offer him enough. So it's like, if you're the Yankees – I mean, he took a gamble on himself and he won, obviously, big time, right? Right. But also, if you're like, I want to be a Yankee, and this is where I think A-Rod talks about this. He's like, if you want to be a Yankee, like, you just, you you take, like, what they're, like, kind of offering you. You don't bet on yourself because you want to be part of, you want to be on the organization. Right. Um, so, I mean, like, it, now, if he didn't have such a monster year, there's certain players i think that are above that i mean a rod is it's interesting that that comes from a rod but right like Derek jeter could probably Mm -hmm. bet on himself you know mariano rivera could probably bet on himself aaron judge is the biggest hitter of our he's a generational hitter you know yeah yeah there's I mean, it, 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 it's interesting though. Like, but it's not the standard. Not. I mean, Derek Jeter could yeah. have, but he never did. You know, right, right. But like, if you want to be, I mean, I think that he, it, to be a Yankee great is like something that you go down in history of like one of the best on the best right. teams, best biggest franchise in. I, I think the Yankees are the biggest sports franchise in the world, or what most recognized in the world. Just so think like, about you know, like the the company that they like. Babe Ruth, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Mickey Mantle, like it just goes on and on. Derek, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. You could, we could name 20 guys who are just as famous yeah. as anybody who has ever played baseball who all played for the Yankees. I don't think you yeah. could say that about any other team. But speaking of, well, not the Yankees, but we'll go to the Mets, Carlos Carrera. Carrera. Um, that was an interesting saga. I don't know. Do you guys, did you guys follow that at all? Yeah, give, it, give us the recap on it. Okay, so basically – the uh, Giants signed him to a 10-year deal. Um, they did a medical exam. It was 10 years, like $330 million. And he had an injury uh, in the minors in 2014 where he fractured his right fibula. And he went under arthroscopic surgery to repair it. And the doctor was like, they didn't give him the green light. So they're like, we're not going to do this deal. Like, this is too risky for us to guarantee because it's all guaranteed money, too. Right. So, yep. like, you're you're guaranteeing three thirty, and like, you have a player that like could be a problem. So then, so so the Giants. This is after the judge thing doesn't happen with the Giants. Right. So then you so have the, the Mets come in. Yeah. So the Giants won't do it. Then you have the Mets, who like so Steve Cohen owns the Mets. He bought out. A little backstory on the Mets. So, 
the Bernie Madoff uh, Ponzi scheme, the uh-huh. the um, the owners of the Mets were involved with that. So they sold Next. the team, like they stayed to sell the team. So they sold the team recently to Steve Cohen, right? <laughs> so yeah. Steve Cohen built right. multi billionaire, and he's just dropping buku bucks. He's like, I want, I want him, sign him. And they do another medical exam. They go back to the same doctor. <laughs> With like he was going to find something different. Yeah. Like he's going to. Hey, check your different. work. Check your yeah. work. Hey, were you sure you got this right? Right. And you so cost, obviously. Cost this guy a huge deal. I'm sure now you're going to come out and say, oh, man, it was actually a mistake. So then, so the Mets say, okay, we sh- we're not going to sign him. And so then he goes back to the Twins, the, t- the, the team he was just on. And they give him not as rich of a deal. Six, I mean, six years, 200 million. I mean, that's pretty still rich. Yeah. yeah. Matt, but Matt, he hasn't re I think he'll be all right. But he hasn't re-injured that like problem again. Um, but it's still, you know, a risk for sure. Matt, who's more bitter than Giants fans this offseason? I mean, they stayed in headlines all offseason with like, right. the biggest names in baseball. And they came away. Did they sign anybody of like major no nobody in that uh, category a big, no 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 there's no one that's like major signing no and, and, the, and, the, and the giants come on i mean the giants are they're they're competing against the dodgers the padres um and the um no they're not not anymore <laughs> well i mean they're competing in in regards to like trying to to sign players in the west Huge, man i stand yeah. by what i say <laughs> um yeah so that was a saga. I mean, here's the thing about baseball. Like, it's all guaranteed money, right? It's the only sport where it's all guaranteed. So, like, the NFL with NFL. I, I think the NBA has all guaranteed money, doesn't it now, John? Uh, yeah, there's some guarantee. It's not – they're not all 100% guaranteed. Um, okay. But, yeah, there there's a lot, a lot of contracts are heavier guaranteed. And it's, I guess, not unheard of in the NFL now, right? It's oh, I not mean, common. It's... But NFL's it's not the worst. It's fifty percent right. of the money maybe is guaranteed across the yeah, league. I don't yeah, know, yeah. something like that. But well, that, well that's the big guys, thing. That's a big reason Lamar Jackson couldn't reach a deal because he wanted a guarantee, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my question ahead, to Matt. you guys is like, do you, you know, since he hasn't, well, there, there's two parts. One, since he hasn't re-injured that leg in like ten years, do you take that risk on somebody that's like, he's not amazing. He's a solid player. Like, I mean, even transfer it to another sport, like basketball or football. Like, do you right. take a risk on someone that's, like, had an injury in the past but hasn't re-injured it but is, like, a really, you know, solid player? What are your thoughts on that? It depends uh, – for which team. I think it depends who who it is, who, what, what the situation of my team is and what I need. You know what I mm. mean? Uh, right. If it's, like, hey, a high-risk, high-reward move is worth it, um, and if we if we make no move, then the alternative or the known outcome is kind of like me- or the known outcome isn't that great. You know what I mean? So so making a move that is high risk, high reward might be worth it. Um, so if I'm thinking about it, like if you're the Giants, probably not. Right. If you're the Mets, I don't know. I don't really know the Mets situation as well. But if you're the twins. Yeah. Right. Because they're trying to kind of break through. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's. And and the twins also had to take a lower risk move to to resign. Right, right. I don't uh, like it. You don't like, you don't it. like, I don't like it? it at all. No, I think again, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on my same tune here and sing it all day long. I mean, if you're teasing at signing Judge, 
and you're teasing at signing Correa. Like, what are you? Like, what do you? What are you? You actually trying signing. to do? You're trying to land somebody who can make such a difference that it changes the makeup of your team. You know, whether yeah, it's a yeah. building block or you think just instantly they're going to like win you more games because of that signing, whatever the case may be, like you're trying to make a big move and that's respectable. And they're clearly trying to do that. But then the lack of big moves just shows that you don't you, like you had a strategy and you just didn't execute, which is something you don't want to see out of the players, the, the brass, you know, the GM, the ownership, like you don't want to see that at all. So it just kind of shows to me, like based off what they showed the baseball world, they fell short for their own expectations of their own game plan. So I don't like it. I, okay, yeah. So if we're specifically looking at the Giants, my take on the Giants is they probably should have had more in their pipeline, right? Like they're looking for big name. They were looking to sign a, at least one big name player in the offseason, yeah. like one big high impact player in the offseason. And the people in their pipeline were Judge and Correa. Judge, they always knew they were going to be competing with the Yankees, right? Uh, they should have known like, <clears throat> hey, that's higher. You know, there's a chance we could do everything right and still not get him. Uh, Korea, they didn't know about the history, right? Like, uh, or they didn't know about the examination. They're the first ones who found out about the like new doctor's yeah. examination, correct? Yeah. yeah. So they didn't know that. But knowing that Judge was already a maybe, if you want to sign a big player in the offseason, like you probably need a deeper pipeline than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're pinning all your hopes on Korea. Basically, it's like you have one and a half players in your pipeline. Like, and I don't know, maybe there wasn't other big signings really available in the offseason. Uh, but it, that, that's exactly right. They didn't execute it well, Casey, and they didn't, and it was because they just focused in on too few guys, I think. Yeah, they bet on just basically two guys and one of them yeah. coming through and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, the other notable like names that did kind of move, uh, you know, Trey Turner's a big one. He was on the Dodgers and he went. <laughs> yeah let's uh let's go ahead and I'll, I'll i'll relieve matt a little bit here we'll run through some of these uh, a little bit quicker so uh yeah we're talking about the yankees quite a bit uh rodon and rizzo okay matt's here trey, cool, trey cool. turner dodgers solid just all-around player goes to the phillies 11 mm -hmm. years i mean yeah. 300 million dollars xander bogarts shorts from the red sox those are the Padres for $280 million. Those are Over like, some, uh, I think that, uh, 11 years. Those are long. 11. That's a, is that normal? It's becoming more normal. Jeez. Like the, these, the yeah, these, yeah, these the, 10, the, 11, 12 year contracts are like becoming more normal, which is the wild. NBA is the one lagging behind on those kinds of things. I think, John, honestly, because the NFL is starting to do stuff like that with the superstars more, too. You know, right. I um, mean, they're doing like most of the superstars in the NBA don't want more than five years, honestly. Six right. years. Yeah. But yeah, Matt, you're I mean, getting I, these like franchise like they want to lock them up. Basically, it's like we want you to play for us until you retire. Yeah. Matt, yeah. I might be a Phillies fanboy this year. Like. I love Trey Turner. I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like a hot take, but I think he's like the best shortstop in the league, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And shortstops are my favorite position. So naturally, love that. And I mean, him and Harper, that's like, I don't oh, even yeah. know that whole roster up and down, but th that's all I need to know to know, hey, they're going to be good. They're going to be runs. solid. But where are the Giants like in that battle, right? Like, there's two other guys that are like solid. First of all, the Padres have 
three shortstops, shortstops on their team. <laughs> they have Fernando Tatis Jr., who didn't play last year because he got a 60-game suspension for, right. for steroids. And then he got in, like, a car accident or a motorcycle accident, something like that. Then they have the guy who replaced him. I think his name is um, Who, like H-U. I, I, I'm maybe pronouncing it wrong. And now they have Xander Bogart. So they have three shortstops. And the Giants don't go out and get either Trey Turner or one of these guys. So to John, your point, like, where are they? <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? And why, why weren't they even in the discussion for Trey Turner? Um, right. Yeah. What's Philly going to do? Are they going to try and move one of those shortstops to second? The Padres. Yeah. yeah sorry, so the Padres. they're, they're, um, they're going to put someone at, at second. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And they have, Tatis, I bet Tatis third. goes to second. Yeah. He could. Well, I, 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 then they have Manny Machado at third. Right. So, yeah, they, so they can't move may... him to third. So whoever they... can play second base better is going to go to second base. Probably. Right. They may actually move. I could see a scenario where they move Manny Machado to first base. I was just going to throw that out there. That seems like a yeah. pretty good. Fit. Like the Padres are. The My God. Yeah. But yeah, like, so those are like some other big names also one that i haven't done much research on is um this guy named kodai senga from japan he mm. signed five years for 75 million dollars on the mets and like supposedly he is just like i mean they have a nickname for him uh i want to look him up real quick his nickname is He's one of the top 30, pitchers in the he's Japan. Thirty years old. Baseball. He signed to he signed to five years at thirty years old. Yeah, that's normal. I mean, now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, in Japan, they could have a whole career there before coming over. You know, that's kind of right. not that strange of a career. Uh, yeah. Trajectory from. Oh yeah, like Ichiro had the... like a whole career in in Japan before he came over, and then he had a whole another this, career here. But he has this ghost, ghost fork grip i want to i'm going to show you what this looks like so we can yeah, like, pull it see. Up. Uh, <clears throat> another big fork baller from japan huh maybe this that reminds me of the uh the closer the mariners had back in the day uh kaz Sasaki? yeah, yeah. kazuhiro sasaki yeah, you guys bro, see this? that was a nasty fork ball yeah yeah uh, just... yeah i gotcha give me so it's just like a flat oh Ooh. <laughs> that tunneling is just yeah, good luck hitting perfect. that oh. right oh yeah so it's, it's kind it's of a, like split, a split oh, it's kind of a split yeah. finger grip yeah yeah but look at the bottom fall off that thing yeah good night <laughs> the floor came off that ball how fast does he throw that do you so, know so it's 98 mile an hour fastball and 83 mile an hour ghost ghost fork yeah jeez yeah, so that's, it's off so speed. he's on so the, he's on the Yeah, I mean that's just. Mm. I, I'm I, these guys that are coming from the internet. People are gonna have market. to move way up in the box on him, and yeah, and 98 on the fastball. Like he's got some tools. That is he gonna yeah. be a reliever? You think? I think he's a start. He's a starter. Oh, he's gonna be in starting rotation. Yeah. Who else is yeah. in their starting rotation? So we got him. So the Mets signed Justin Verlander. Oh, so they have Verlander Huge. and yeah. and Max Scherzer too. Jeez, yeah, yeah, and they also Nasty. signed Edwin. Well, Edwin, D, 
great. Edwin Diaz is a relief pitcher. Like he, yeah. they just re-signed him. Um, and Brandon Nimmo, outfielder, eight years, one hundred sixty-two million dollars. They've got yeah, a the great starting stack. rotation. I mean, we don't know how this guy will do, obviously, but uh, right. they could have like a nasty starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, uh, but they lost uh, Jacob Degrom, so he went to the Rangers for five years, one hundred eighty-five million. I mean, these contracts are just like they're just going wild. I mean, it's right. like it's something so that you're... you don't. Why, why? Let me ask you guys because you guys, I know you're more baseball or basketball, football heavy. Like, there's there's caps on football and basketball, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So baseball has no. We have no. There's no cap. Mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, like, what are your thoughts on like? How does it change the dynamic when there's a cap versus no cap? So if basketball was purely uncapped, it would not, it would, it would become very not fun to watch. It's already, it's already pretty dominated by big markets. Uh, even with like the soft cap, hard cap situation, because the big markets are usually more likely to pay the, the salary tax. If it was completely uncapped, it would just be all LA and Boston all the time. Um, because there's only five players out there. So in baseball, I actually don't mind uncapped in baseball because no one player can make such a big impact. So it's like, really like if you want to be the Yankees and buy championships, it's like, you better have some rich blood. You know what I mean? Like, Mm uh, and, and, and even then baseball is such a game of like, anything can happen and like such a game of random happenstance that, uh, even when you can buy championships, you can be the Yankees and not, you know, win in, in years. So I, I personally don't mind it uncapped. Um, And Casey, coming from the Casey, there's pure pure hard caps in football. That's it. Okay, so coming from the football mindset, it's actually a little different. There actually is football. The the cap means the most for sure, uh, but there are loopholes around it still for the big markets. Yeah, signing uh, bonuses specifically. Yeah, the right? main thing is actually it's cash over cap, and they have yeah. prorated signing bonuses, and they put dead years at the end of a contract, so you can give a huge amount of a signing bonus, but prorate it over. Uh, you know, a, the next decade, if you want to, for a guy for the, you're only going to keep for the next two or three years. So there are loopholes around it. But I would say the biggest thing that is that that impacts are the narratives uh, in the national media. So football can get away with uh, all of the narratives that the best teams are just the best teams. And that's just how it is. Right. Um, not like the Yankees or the Dodgers who spend up a ton or any of those big market teams in basketball where everybody kind of knows they're they should be winning more because they're spending more. You know, they get to have things like Kansas City. That's just the best team in football. Yeah. You don't say because Cincinnati. they're spending the most, even though they might be spending some top dollar. It just becomes not a part of like the ecosystem of football, which to their credit, that they did that really well, I think. So you think I mean, football is I the think most it's cool fair. that small markets like Cincinnati can be contenders. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, See, that, it's that's tough. The thing about and baseball. I'm a small market fan in basketball. Like for the right. Utah Jazz to ever win, like the freaking stars have to align. You know what I mean? We're never going to get a big free agent. We're never like that stuff just doesn't happen in small markets in basketball. Uh, I don't know. So what's your take on baseball? So that that's where I'm against it is like, you know, is that the same? Does the same kind of thing happen in baseball where it's like, yeah, look, if you're like a twins, I mean, I'm, I'm a Mariners fan and a twins fan. So zero, zero championships. Uh, is it is a big part of mm-hmm. that because those are both smaller markets and, you know, it's just harder? I, yeah, I mean, it, it's 
it's like what you said, like the big markets are just spending the dollars, right? The Dodgers, yeah. the Yankees, the Mets, like the, the Oakland A's are still playing Moneyball. <laughs> I'm generally like, okay with capitalism. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but see, here's the thing. What like I like about football is like it's an, it's a play, it's an even playing field, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like having – a handicap versus not having a handicap. I bet I bet it yeah. makes for more localized fandom. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people in Utah are just Lakers fans because they're like, why? Like, why am I going to go through mm. that pain of being a Jazz fan? A lot of people in Minnesota are just going to be Yankees fans or Celtics fans or uh, Sox fans or something like that, right? Because why go through the pain? Uh, so right. I bet I bet in football maybe it does make for more localized fandom. And football, I mean, maybe we take a signal from it because it is the it is the biggest of the big three sports. Right. And Matt, you make a great point. Uh, you say it's it's like an equal to even playing field. It's not. That's right. that's the trick is that it's the the illusion of an even mm, playing field. Right. Because Without it doesn't being. behoove the anybody who makes money off the NFL, whether it's the owners or anybody in the league, it doesn't behoove them to have a salary cap. They want to drive up those bids on the best players, get the best talent. Right. And the most money will go to the biggest markets. And with profit sharing, it's probably going to be best for all the teams that can stay viable anyway. Uh, but explain but, it. If there is a cap, then they can't spend over a certain amount. It, yeah, there is, loopholes. but there are loopholes around it. That's why I'm yeah. saying that I do believe football has the best system because they give mm-hmm. off the appearance of an even playing field to where right. most fans think it is but it actually isn't and they still get to spend more money and in turn make more money. I do believe that you spend but more money to make more money on these things. The way that, the way that it plays out in football though too is that it's not always major markets that are dominating the game. So it does play out in a sense where it's like yeah, they can put off the illusion and the illusion's believable because Cincinnati can be good, right? Or Green Bay can be good or you know whatever these smaller markets can be really good. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it plays out that way. So whatever the system is, while it does kind of have that capitalistic element, it has the effect that people are looking for from cap, from salary caps. Whereas the NBA, if you just put out the illusion of salary caps, but there were loopholes, then the same thing would happen. You know, but we see that in my major markets. We see what you're saying in baseball too, though. One good signing that turns a team around that changes the dynamic of the whole league and nothing is going to be a bigger draw to free agents and to, to equal players, you know, let's say uh, contracts are the same. Nothing's going to be a bigger draw than going to a team that's winning and can potentially win a ring. So right. that's something that goes across all sports. You win a ring if you win the championship and all the players want those. And so, yeah. you know, you've seen it before. The twins have been good. That's not a huge market. You know, you've seen like the name it. The twins have been, the twins have been solid. The twins though. are good. They've never won a championship though. Uh, and they've won, even very, few, they've even won very thought, few pennants. I thought 1965 they won. They've had I mean, runs, though. Be, what I, I mean is so. you can become a big draw. Oh, yeah. You know, the Mariners can... have runs. A lot of small market teams can have runs. That can happen in right. every sport. Uh, well, the Bengals aren't. The Bengals haven't gone over the top of late either, even though they're a good team, but they get a lot of – they're in the mix. And that's all I you want to But be. it seems to shift go more in football. And maybe, maybe that's just a, a strange perception I have. But, like, the Packers that are one of the smallest markets in the league, really, have been good for a really long time, um, right? Because they I can, just want to correct my uh, – the Twins have won twice in Spain and Minnesota. Uh, 1987 and 1991. Oh, well, I was wrong. They've yeah, I, I mean they've been they've had a good Kirby Cur- Puckett. Do you remember Kirby Puckett? Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, well, yeah. not really. I was like one, so but okay. yeah, I, I am familiar. <laughs> okay. I would uh, actually say that the reverse is the most true in the NBA, which is probably 
why you know you you have that that view you know more or less, John, because you follow that league the closest. Like yeah, there it feels like the best teams are gonna. Well, there's less of a chance of a team making it all the way through all those series at the end and ultimately winning if you're not one of the top three at least. You know. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's it, football does have a little bit of a more of an any given Sunday effect. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. Cool. I I I'm generally for in favor of capitalism as a principle. Uh. But I do, I do like, you know, I don't know, I guess as a small market fan, I would love to actually have a chance once in a while. Um, but yeah, I, I, as a principle, to be intellectually consistent as a principle, I'm okay with uncapped, especially in baseball. Right. Yeah. If, if we were to have the conversation, if, it, if they were proposing it for basketball, I might be like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this, but. You know, what's interesting though, like even if you take the Yankees, for example, even if they're not, there was a time when the Yankees were like not that great. Like they didn't have like big stars and like they went through their phase. I think it was like the eighties, like before like the Jeter Rivera, like, like are, you're still going to draw people just because you are the Yankees, you know, right. some, just because some people of that would say draw. they're in that phase now, you know, they yeah. haven't well, had real success lately. Yeah. I mean, since not- 2009. Yeah, that's, is the last that's a big yeah, gap. Now. We're talking for a yeah. team that pays as much as they do and usually is a perennial favorite to win it. It's a long time, yeah. but I think a drought, like we're saying, like now or in the '80s for the Yankees, is still like most teams dream to have those kinds right. of like eras. They only have their... 27 World Championships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all. Awesome. All right, well let's let's move on from uh, let's go to our next new rules segment. We have new rules in baseball this year as we're evolving in this new, new, new era of baseball. Um, so there's a pitch clock now. So pitchers will have 15 seconds to make each pitch when the bases are empty and 20 seconds when there's a runner on base. And there's a 30-second timer between the batters. And so I was reading a little bit about this. They tried this out in the minors, and they said it, like, saved 20 minutes off the game, about something like, like that, yeah. which is, like, that's pretty substantial. So when does the pitch clock start when the batter steps into the box? Um, so I think it starts like, you know, pitcher pitches the ball and then from when the ball reaches the pitcher again. So, so it's also a clock that applies to the batter. Uh, so the clock yeah. applies to both the yeah. pitcher and the hitter. I like right. it then. So I wonder yeah. like if there could be a stall between like the catcher hold the ball a little bit longer, like if he wanted to give his pitcher a little bit more time or something like that. Strategists will say that that takes away an element of the game. I'm sure. Like people, this really is baseball fans. Go ahead, this is without a doubt, in my opinion, going to fall under like the rule will be rewritten four or five oh, times yeah. in the next four or oh, five yeah. years. And yeah. the way that it's enforced across the league by the different umpires, I mean, no league is perfect in officiating, but MLB particularly has a, I'll say it, it's a problem with like age of empire of umpires kind of have mm-hmm. a lot of them are retiring now, but there's kind of that old guard and the yeah. more technology you bake into these things, the more things they have to pay attention to. I, I just see them fumbling those opportunities more like, and more. Often. Is there going to be like a, like a buzzer that goes off after like 15 or 20 seconds? I bet it's like a free throw clock. I bet it's like a free throw right. clock. There is no actual clock, but there is technically a 10 second limit that they rarely No, talk. there's going to be a clock. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. But is it going to be like, okay, here's the thing with like football, there's a play clock, but it's not when the clock hits zero, there's a penalty. There's a call made like half a second after maybe a full second. This is where I'm talking about. There's going to be 
It's not going to mm -hmm. be enforced the exact same way. Uh, even if the umpires are trying to, they're not going to be able to do it perfectly across the board. They're going to have to tighten up the rules and all the little things. Yes, the clock starts then. It pauses if this happens, yada, yada. They're going to have to figure out all those things. Um, and honestly, I think they'll never really have it nailed uh, until it's just kind of like umps that came up and first learned it that way and right. never knew anything else probably will be able to handle it. And that's what, what we'll you be like, oh, pitch clock's great. What do your friends that are closer to playing the game say about this, Matt? Because we've been removed for a minute. <clears throat> yeah. As fans, it's really easy to like this rule. I think as players, coaches, that those would probably be the people who'd be against a rule like this because it's like, I want to be able to slow down the pitcher. I want to control the situation. Right. Or as a bat yeah. or as a pitcher, I want to be able to slow down the batter or you yeah. know, speed up. I guess I can't speed him up, but like no, you can uh, wanna... speed him up. I mean, like if he's in the batter's yeah. box. Yeah, you can like, go, right. You can so, quick pitch him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so I think that, uh, which you still could do, right? But like you, you right. want to be able to slow the situation down, especially if you feel that like the pitcher's in a rhythm. Um, I never, I played baseball at the high school level at the most. And I never thought like that. I thought like, I don't care. I'm going to hit him anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. So that was my mindset. Um, but I could see some people who are a little bit more cognizant of that kind of stuff not liking it i mean what do you do you have feedback from people who i are mean like I, it's, it's only been in the minors right so like it yeah. hasn't it hasn't no one like it's very lightly tested i haven't talked to my friends that are still like closer to the game mm -hmm. but i have a feeling they're gonna be against it for those reasons yep. like there's less it, it's like you're taking a little bit away of the like um artistic you right. know Optimization. You're taking an optimization yeah. point away. Yeah. Right. Like think, a pitcher could stand on the mound, and I mean, until the batter steps out, calls time, but he could stand on the mound and just like, you know, batters would get pissed, right? Yep. They're just like, this guy's taking forever. Like, pitch me the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> so I, they're taking away like an, an element of that. I think it's the pitchers who are the most mad about it. Uh, I think that's mm -hmm. for sure the case. I mean, even just. It, forget about all the rhythm of the game stuff. Cause I could see it actually helping somebody's rhythm when it comes down to actual like mechanics and just throwing a little bit more on a clock. But I mean, some of the pitch counts on the pitchers still these days can get pretty high for like a starting pitcher. And yeah. I got to imagine this affects like arm fatigue in a big way because throwing a hundred pitches over the course of let's say two hours is a lot mm -hmm. different than throwing a hundred pitches over the course of an hour and a half. I mean that, yeah. that would be huge. Or you say it's only 20 minutes difference or whatever, but I mean, that's, that's a monster difference. That's, that, that makes that task much harder. And I think it probably will impact uh, pinch ca pitch counts uh, for starters, particularly. And also, I mean, yeah. I'd be in interesting to see, like, the injury rate, too, of pitchers. Uh -huh. Because because if you're throwing more pitches in a shorter amount of time, and if, if, if coaches are paying attention to that and, like, all the – you know, so I had surgery when I was 13 – because I pitched too much. I threw the ball too much. And, um, but back when I was playing, there wasn't this like science behind, like you should yeah. only pitch so many times. And now it's such a science, like you can only throw this many days, this many pitches, stuff like that. So um, that will take, that will come into effect for sure. Yeah. At end of the day, I think the league has to do stuff to make the game more fan friendly. So yeah, it's a good move, but I could see players and coaches not liking it. What else yeah. we got? All right. So we got defensive shifts. So I don't know if you guys have seen, but like there's like wild shifts been going on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Three guys on one side. 
So now you have they'll like to a, they'll like abandon one side now. Oh, for sure. Which yeah. I was like, okay, as a hitter, like just bunt the ball over to the other side, like no one's there. <laughs> like, what are you like? Practice bunting for like twenty minutes a day, Opposite and you get a hit every time. Yeah, like what are you? What are you doing? But anyways, that's going away. So like, mm-hmm. there's you have to have two guys on each side of second base. So mm-hmm. as a fan, um, I like it, it makes more, more sense. Because there's more action. There's more action. But yeah, this a, is going to do a lot. Also, as a, as all, a, fa- fans who are casual fans, those shifts looked weird to them. Right. But like, why yeah. are they all the way in the one corner? Right. right? What the heck? But as a baseball purist, I'm not a fan. Like, let the it's a field. But I don't yeah. care where the players are. Like, do whatever they want. So but okay, it, was, it was crazy. The one thing I, Casey, I want to point out, one thing is when I was watching games and like, I mean, it was unbelievable how on point the statistics were where the ball was going to be hit. I mean, it was like they like read their mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, well, I, I um, so that's going to go away, which what are your thoughts on that, Casey? Yeah, this is a this is going to be huge because I totally get what you're saying. A good contact hitter, a good buncher is just going to be able to find the grass, hit it where they ain't, right? That's as old as time with baseball. But these guys yeah. in the majors, that's not really. And this might be a hot take, but that's not really the brand of baseball they learned growing up and they've been playing because hit they're like, well, hit it hard, hit, find, wait for your pitch in particular, and hit it too, like disciplined hitting, good hitting, and I think that's the main thing is the pitching. Uh, you know, when you know a guy is likely to try to sit on a fastball because he's going to try to hit it out or he's going to try to get a big hit, of course you know where to play him easier with your shift. You can put players wherever you want. Like, you know what he's kind of trying to do. You know what those look like. You've got data on that. You can go stand where he the, – the line he usually hits home runs on, you know, and you yep. can just disperse around there. But now with people spreading out, you're going to see that even more reinforced. Like, guys are going to be waiting on their pitches way, way, way more. I think you're going to see batter success go way up because they aren't going to have to be that complete type of hitter. Like I said, right. guys who are the age of playing right now, a lot of them weren't brought up. Like you got to be a complete hitter, but, and, and then baseball kind of was incentivizing doing that. Now baseball is taking away that shift. It incentivizes hit it hard into a gap or just hit it hard, get, develop your hit and just hit, wait for your pitch. Don't try to take a pitch you wouldn't normally swing at the other way to find the green spot. That's all gone. Now you can wait for your pitch, be disciplined, hit it hard, get a good swing on the bat, and offensive numbers should go up because of that. Oh, they will. Yeah. Things have gotten harder and harder for offense in baseball, and uh, that makes for less fun baseball, really, right. uh, to watch as a fan. So, yeah, I mean, every other league has made rules to make things easier and better for offense and fandom and viewership has gone up so it's probably a good move to you know follow suit yeah i mean on that note too we have bigger bases too so 15 Mm -hmm. inches to 18 so more stolen bases you know closer i like that more stolen bases more guys trying to take an extra stretch a double to a triple stretch a you know yeah Yeah. i like that because also stealing is just kind of like gone by the wayside like it's not like a thing anymore. they're too good at throwing them out yeah yeah, and like I, I like I like this. It's also a safety thing too. Um, just like too many like hands and feet on the actual base. Yeah. So it's like a safety. Um, and then um, one which was interesting is only two pickoff throws. So you can only throw mm. over to first base twice. I like that. 
And if you don't get them on the third try, it's a bonk. If I love that as a base runner, as a guy who is a base runner, I love that rule. Yeah. And there's yeah, also a pitch count. Do... Wait, wait, how does that affect the pitch count? If you throw a pick off, you reset your pitch clock. Sorry. Oh, your pitch. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I love that rule. I kind of right. wish it was awarded a, an actual like stolen stolen base for the the runner. Right. Because it's like you you push that guy to pick you off to try and pick you off twice. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to even flirt with a third time right. trying to pick somebody off unless they're like, no, this mother effer is going to steal and I'm going to get it. Like, right. yeah. so you deserve like, it. Unless you're way yep. Yeah. It, it, um, it, well, it also speeds the game up too. Yes. You can't just throw over like, yeah. So you can't just keep somebody honest yeah. 20 times in a row. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that's what I got for uh, today, guys. Um, thanks for coming on. Discussed a lot. World Series recap, off-season moves, new rules. Uh, thank you all for coming to our show and um, enjoying this first baseball episode. And we will be doing this weekly um, and looking forward to uh, being with you throughout the baseball season. See you next time on Triple Cross Podcast.